Revelation chapter number 21, this morning, Revelation 21, uh, thank you for the music, it's been a wonderful day already, had a good crowd in the uh, first service this morning, had a uh, new member join the church this morning, so that's exciting, and uh, visitors, and uh, this is a much more awake crowd than the first crowd this morning, and I was going to say a better looking, but I didn't want to stretch it too much, but... Uh, uh, it's good to see you in church today, and uh, we look forward to what God has for us, not just in this hour, but this evening as well. Revelation chapter number 21, I'm going to read the first five verses uh, of this chapter, and then I want to uh, uh, bring out a thought this morning that I think will be an encouragement to us. Uh, verse number one, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. The book of Revelation obviously gives us a, a picture of the end times, the picture of uh, what will take place and what we have to look forward to as Christians. We come to chapter number 21, and there's uh, an aspect that I want to bring out today. And verse number 5 will be our text verse. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I want to preach this morning on that thought, all things new. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that uh, with the time we have remaining, may the Holy Spirit of God uh, work in our hearts. May you speak through me this morning. And Father, I pray that if there's one in the service this morning who's never trusted Christ is their Savior. They've never put their faith, complete faith on Him. May they realize their need of salvation this morning. May they trust Christ as their Savior. And Father, I pray that you'll work in the heart and life of every Christian this morning. Uh, you know the needs. You know the burdens. You know what each individual is going through today. And Father, I pray that the Word of God will uh, edify us. May the Holy Spirit of God uh, convict us where we need convicting and uh, encourage us where we need encouraging. But Father, I pray that you'll have your will done this morning, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, we see a glimpse of, and we're reminded of, uh, a wonderful place called heaven. Uh, many songs that were sung this morning, whether they be our hymns or uh, our, our choir special, uh, had a reference to heaven. Uh, many of you hung on to the one where we'll never grow old. That seems to be the one that you uh, pay the closest attention to. Uh, but heaven is a wonderful place. Let me remind all of us this morning that heaven is a real place. Uh, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Heaven's a real place. Uh, those who knew the Lord and have gone on before us, uh, they are in the presence of their God. The day is going to come when all believers will find their way to heaven. 
Uh, the Lord one day is going to return, and if we do not pass through the, uh, the gateway of death into eternity, uh, then when the Lord calls us home, uh, we will all end up as a child of God in heaven. Heaven's a wonderful place. I think of what we know from Scripture, the fact that I think sometimes we talk about heaven. I'm just going to highlight a few things that I think we automatically think about. We think about those mansions in heaven. It doesn't matter what your real estate portfolio looks like down here. It doesn't matter what your address is down here. Uh, to have the uh, King of kings and the Lord of lords prepare you a, a mansion for all of eternity to reside. What a wonderful, wonderful thought. I don't think the property taxes are going to be too high in heaven either. I don't think the neighbors will have to complain too much about the neighbors. Uh, and some of you are thinking, as long as it's well. Anyway, uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful thought, the fact that God himself is preparing us a place. I'm reminded of the streets of pure gold. Think about that. Uh, the precious metals and the things that we put such a premium on down here, God makes streets out of in heaven. The streets of gold. It's a place where the redeemed uh, will be for all of eternity. Uh, things are going to be much different in heaven as they are down here. And if we were to take the time to go around the room this morning and each and every one of us testify a little bit and each and every one of us uh, give a little bit of a glimpse of some of the things that they are looking forward to about heaven and uh, some of the things that we look in Scripture and say, these are some wonderful things about heaven. Uh, I, would, I would draw our attention this morning, while all that would be true, I would draw our attention to verse number 5, and I would submit to you in verse number 5, uh, there are even great, there's a greater thing in verse number 5 that we, don't, that we don't always think of. Behold, I make all things new. Well, I'm looking forward to the mansions, I'm looking forward to the streets of gold, but I'm looking forward to God making all things new. This morning, I want us to think of that. I want us to put our focus on that thought, and I'm going to make a few statements this morning that I think will uh, shed some light on uh, all things being new and remind us of some things. When we think of heaven, we think of eternity. We think of all things being new. Now look in verse number 4, and we'll find the uh, basis of our first statement this morning. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. I want you to notice the word tears. Let me say, first of all, tears are a symbol of our present state. While one day we will have a glorified body, we do not now. One day we'll be in the presence of God, literally in His presence. We, we, we're not in His presence now. Uh, one day we'll be where there's no sickness, no disease, none of those things, but we're not there now. Tears are a reminder of our present state. Uh, why do we suffer? Why do we shed tears? Well, we can go back to sin is the cause of all of our misery. A sin and the fall of man, that first man, Adam. We shed tears because of death and for the wages of sin is death. Uh, the death comes about because of man's sin and our sorrow is a result of sin. And uh, many of you, you would mark uh, much of your life now by the tears that we shed. And 
I think if all of us had an opportunity to uh, give a little bit of a testimony and we were just completely honest, we could go back to some places in our life, maybe not very far away and maybe very recently when tears seem to be the mark of our day and shedding of those tears are the result of the burden that we bear and the brokenness that we have. But let me remind you, tears are a symbol of our present state. When man fell and sin entered into man and was passed down from Adam, roses began to have thorns. Flowers now had to battle weeds. And men had to deal with turmoil and heartache. See, we weep today because of our own failures. If we knew the stories of one another this morning, it might would change our perspective and all of us could go back to somewhere in our life where we have failed. You're just in a room this morning with just a bunch of failures who just happen to be saved, happen to have trusted Christ as their Savior. But every one of us, if we've lived long enough, and I believe that we all have, we have come to some uh, situations where maybe by our own decisions, our own failures, there have been some tears that we have wept. There's been some conviction that we have been under. There is some sorrow of some consequences that we have inherited by our decisions. We weep over our own failures, but we don't only shed tears for that. We shed tears over the actions of others. Sad to say that others not only can bring tears, but they do bring tears. It's bad enough that we would make some decisions ourselves. There are situations in our own life that would bring about some tears by our own mistakes. But then when you consider the decisions and the, and the choices that other people make that bring about tears to our eyes and they would break our heart by what they have done or by a malicious action, they would bring about some misery and some pain and some discomfort and bring about some tears. And so we deal with not only weeping over our own mistakes and our own failures, but yet we shed tears because of the actions of others. And we shed tears because of the decisions that other people make. And yet in the very building this morning, no doubt there are heavy hearts because of the decisions of other people. There are some tears that have been shed because of the effects of decisions that other people have made, either directly or indirectly affecting us. We also shed tears this morning over our own body's infirmities. I mean, I'll not ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you in the last 24 hours, 48 hours have made a statement of something like, well, I'm not, as old, I'm not as young as I used to be. And there was a day. Truthfully, though, there are some in our congregation who it's been a long time since you've had a day where you haven't hurt physically. It's been a long time since you haven't been reminded of the frailty of your humanity. Sometimes we shed tears over the fact that the pain and the discomfort that our flesh would have us endure. And sometimes we shed tears not just for the discomfort and the pain that we might have to face, but because of 
our infirmities. It would hinder us in areas of our life that we don't want to be hindered in. But I would remind you of these few areas that I mentioned of why we would shed tears because of our own failures that bring about consequences that are unpleasant or the actions of somebody else that directly or indirectly affects us that might would break a heart or create a burden. Uh, maybe it's the uh, infirmities of our own bodies, the limitations and the sickness and the disease of our own bodies that would bring us to tears. I want to remind you this morning that our tears are a symbol of our present state. We shed tears now, but let me offer you some encouragement. The day's coming when tears will not be shed any longer. The day's coming when there'll not be another broken heart. And we are reminded by, of our own sin nature. We're reminded of a, our own situation. Tears are a present state of today. With that thought in mind, I want to bring you to statement number two. Compassionate God will remove those tears one day. Verse 4, let me read it again. And God shall wipe away all tears. Hey, let's, 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 let's dig a little deeper into the Word of God this morning. Often we'll look at a verse of Scripture like this one that we've probably read many times. And we look at it and immediately we go to the focus. Day's coming where I'm not going to hurt anymore. That's a wonderful thing to think about. Hey, day's coming when I'll not have this broken heart anymore. Think about that. The day's coming when I'll not have a burden. I'll not be so burdened that a tear forms in my eye and a tear runs down my cheek. I'll not know separation from loved ones. I'll not know disappointment. The day is coming when all of my tears will be gone. Friend, we ought to rejoice in that this morning. We ought to be excited about that this morning. But don't miss an important truth in an important part of that statement in verse 4. It's not just the fact that our tears are going to be wiped away. Don't miss the fact that we have a loving and a compassionate God who's going to do that Himself. He's going to do it personally. He's going to take the tears away. He's going to take our heartache away. He's going to take the disappointment away. He's going to take our frailty away. God Himself in His love and His compassion will remove the tears from His children. This is not a God who acts as we do sometimes with our children dried up. Get it together. Oh no, when we come to this point, it's going to be a loving and a compassionate God who's proved His love over and over and over again. The fact that we are in His presence is going to just be remind us of His love for us because only the love of that kind of, a, of God uh, could, 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 could wash away our sins uh, through the shed blood of His own Son. And God Himself is going to wipe away the tears. God Himself is going to take the hurt away. God Himself is going to uh, take uh, with His compassion and His love. He's going to care for us as His children. And He's not sending somebody else to do this task. You read the scripture and there are many times when God will send a man as his messenger. And he'll say to a man, I want you to go and stand in my stead. That's what a pastor does week in and week out. He stands in the stead of God and he says, I'm going to send a man. And in the Old Testament, he would send Moses and he'd send the prophets and he'd say, you tell them this is what God has said. And sometimes it was a, an admonishment, but many times it was an encouragement. It was, it was God is with us and God is here and he wants you to know that he'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Sometimes he'd send a man. 
Oftentimes in Scripture, it's very significant too. He sends an angel from heaven to deliver a very specific message. He sends an angel from heaven to speak to someone. He sends an angel in heaven to fulfill a task. But if you notice in Scripture, he doesn't send a man to wipe away the tears. He doesn't say, Gabriel, take their burdens away. He doesn't say, Gabriel, mend the broken heart. He doesn't say, Gabriel, I want you to have them enter into the joy of my presence. No, God Himself personally says, I'm going to wipe away your tears. I'm going to meet your need. No more broken hearts. No more burdens. No more heartaches. God Himself. Friend, I want you to realize the bigness and the greatness of our God who sits on high today. He sits on His throne. But don't miss the personal uh, touch of our God where He wants to meet your needs personally. He is going to uh, uh, mend your heart personally. God Himself will remove the tears. Well, you think of parents, everyone who's been a parent can think back to a time when some may have to think back longer than others, but you can think back to a time when your child as a baby or as a toddler had fallen and skinned their knee or they didn't like the broccoli that you were making them eat. And they would cry and in a loving, tender manner, mom or dad would wipe the tears off their cheek. Say, don't cry. It's going to be okay. Don't cry. Daddy will fix it. Don't cry. It's going to be okay. Oh, can you imagine our Heavenly Father? As He wipes the tears. He says, don't cry. It's going to be okay. Don't cry. I've taken care of it all. Don't cry. The burdens are gone. Don't cry. The disappointment is taking away. Friend, I think we fail to realize how much God loves us. How much God cares for us. You say, Pastor, I, I weep. Pastor, I, I shed tears. Pastor, I have a burden. Let me remind you this morning, there's a God that sees every tear that you shed. There's a God that knows every heartache that you have. There's a God who, uh, he, he knows you have a broken, heart, a broken heart. There's a God who, he understands the burden. And Sometimes we say no man cares. And sometimes there's situations when no man may understand. But there's a God who knows what his children are going through. And he's sympathetic to it in, 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 his, in his love and compassion the best he can. Now on this side of eternity, he helps us endure. He helps us bear our burden. But friend, there's coming a day when God will say, uh, you're never going to cry again. Uh, you're never going to shed a tear again. You're never going to have a burden again. And God himself will take, take care of it. Think about this child of God. Won't that be a wonderful day? When you know you've shed your last tear. I think we can look at that time and we can look 
forward to it, and we can, with anticipation, say, I'm looking forward to the mansion. I'm looking forward to the streets of gold. I'm looking forward to all the redeemed being together. We can look forward to that time when I'll not know what it's like to have a broken heart again. Don't you look forward to that day, but don't miss this truth as well. I, I just happen to believe this morning that we have a God that loves us so much and a God that cares for us so much that He's looking forward to that time more than we're looking forward to that time. Oh, we say all the time and encourage one another, aren't you, aren't you looking forward to that day when our bodies won't let us down anymore? Aren't you looking forward to that day when we won't have heartaches anymore? And aren't you looking forward to that day when we'll never have a casket of a loved one who we, who we weep over and say, I'll see you on the other side. And we say, well, I'll look forward to that day. But I just happen to believe there's a God in heaven who looks forward to that day more than we look forward to that day. And he wants to wipe those tears away so he never has to see his child cry again. Oh, what grieves the heart of a parent to know that their child is going through the difficulty and to see the tears. And nothing moves the heart of a, of a parent. And nothing grabs a hold of the heart. And, and that heart which is connected to heart to see the discomfort and to see the struggle and to see the tears. And oh, a parent will drop everything they're doing just to get their child to stop crying. Oh, what it's like for our Heavenly Father. He sees the tears that we shed. He knows the heartaches that we have. He understands the burdens that we bear. Oh, He's looking forward to that day when He says, I'll never see you cry again. I'll never see you shed a tear again. I'll never see you have to bear, uh, bear that burden again. I'm going to take care of all of that myself. And again, friend, God loves you so much that He sent you a Savior to, to pay for your sins. He sent you a Savior to pay your sin debt. But God loves you so much that when you're in His presence one day, He personally will wipe away your tears. Number three, in order for all things to become new, the former things must pass away. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither there shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. We have listed here some former things. There's death. No more death. Why do we deal with death for the wages of sin? is death. But you know, that's going to be something that we don't think of anymore. We don't talk of anymore. The older we get, the more we're faced with our own mortality. Oh, we get to a place where, like, I, I've got more life behind me than i got ahead of me. Oh, we get a little older and it's like, you have some kind of a pain or whatever and automatically our mind goes, oh, is this it? You hear the phone ring at an odd hour. Who is it? But we'll never dread a phone call when we get to this place. We'll never be shocked by the sudden passing of somebody that we love because there will be no more death. That will be a former thing. Which means it's not going to be in existence. That's a former thing. You remember when, I don't know if conversation will be like this, but I think given this terms, we'll be talking and celebrating praise the Lord. You remember when we had to worry about dying? Remember when we were afraid of, oh, that's a former thing. 
That's something that is no more. We see death, we see sorrow. The anguish of soul, the heaviness of a burden, the broken heart, the perpetual state that we live day after day when we carry these burdens and we go through these seasons of life that bring certain burdens and heartaches. That will be a former thing. Oh, I can't tell you so many times I, I, I meet with so many of our members and they go through different things and oftentimes comes a Pastor, my heart is just broken. I'm just pushing on in sorrow. We'll never have those conversations in heaven. That'll be a former thing. That'll be a thing that doesn't exist anymore. The broken hearts will all be mended. The, the disappointments will be all a thing of the past. It will be a former thing. The crime, the pain. I alluded to earlier that many has been a long time since you've had a day without pain. I have to add, since there'll be no pain, there'll be no pills. There's no pharmacy in heaven. And I thank God for, for modern medicine and the advancements of modern medicine. I thank God for that. Uh, but but we, 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 God allows those things to help us in so many ways. And, and, but we get dependent and we think, oh, if I didn't have these pills, what would I do? If I didn't have this medicine, what would I do? And certainly, uh, that's a, that's a good, good thing that we have, uh, the modern medicine. But friend, in heaven, there'll be no pharmacy, there'll be no pills because there's not going to be any pain. Uh, there's not going to be any discomfort. There's not going to be any disease. That's a former thing. Tears are a reminder of our present state. With all things new, that's part of the former. Let me make one last statement and I'll be done. We consider with all things new and... We'll look at verse number 5. We've seen in verse number 4 that we have a God who's going to wipe away all our tears. There's going to be no more death. There's going to be no more sorrow. There's going to be no more crying. Neither shall be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now watch verse 5. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. God is making a declaration. Let me remind you, it's the same God that in the beginning created the heaven and the earth. It's the same God with the same power, the same authority that spoke everything into existence. You go and you read the first several chapters of the the book of Genesis, you're going to see God said this and it happened. Because the Almighty has declared from His throne, He wanted this universe to be as it is. He wanted this world to be as it is. The sun is where it is because God spoke it there. The same God from the same throne says, Behold, I make all things new. With the same power and the same authority, He spoke all this into existence, is the same power. He speaks in verse number 5, and He says, I make all things new. And that's my fourth statement this morning, is there must be an adequate power. There's got to be a, so, someone who is powerful enough to wipe away the tears. 
there's got to be someone who has got enough power to make those things former things. There's got to be somebody who has the power to declare something into existence and it happens. And to say as sure as I say it, it is done. Uh, but let me encourage you this morning, uh, w- because we have read the back of the book, we know who that power is. It is the Almighty God who has said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. You didn't have to add anything to that. You didn't have to jump through any hoops to that. You believed in the finished work on Calvary, what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. It is done. It is finished. Just as God spoke everything else into existence, He says, Behold, at this point all things will be new tears will be a thing of the past death will be a thing of the past sorrow will be a thing of the past pain will be a thing of the past broken hearts will be a thing of the past because I in my power and my authority as the creators of all things declare that all things are new there's got to be an adequate power only God can do that Notice verse number 6. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Notice that little three word phrase, it is done. When God says, behold, I do. It is done. There's no running it through committee. There's no checks and balances. There's no, well, we better look this over to make sure all the T's are crossed and all the I's are dotted, when God says, Behold, it is done. If you know your Bible, you're familiar with your Bible, that it is done sounds a lot like a statement in John chapter 19 in verse number 30. And that statement is, it is finished. When the Lord Jesus Christ is nailed to the cross of Calvary and He has taken willingly upon Himself the sin of every man who had lived and every man who would live, every sin that ever had been or would be committed, he took upon himself and he paid that sin debt for himself. And as he's nailed to that old cross, he says those three words, it is finished. And when Jesus said, it is finished, let me tell you what it was. It was finished. It was done. That's why this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that's why we could look to the cross of Calvary. We could look to what Jesus did. We could look to the fact that we have a Savior who took upon us our sin debt, shed His precious blood so that our sins might be paid for. He conquered death and hell and came back victorious, holding the keys of of both places, of death and hell. And, And we have a God who said... It is finished. That's why, friend, you don't have to add church membership to salvation. That's why you don't have to add uh, any, anything else, any religious uh, exercises to salvation because Jesus said, it is all on me. It is all about me. It is finished. What Jesus did on Calvary, we're reaping the benefits of in Revelation 21. Because of what He did and our faith in Him, He says it is finished. Salvation is taken care of. And in verse number 5, God says, Behold, I make all things new. I declare it. We see it is done. Now the redeemed are gathered together. And because of what Jesus did, now all the saved are together. And we're there because of what Jesus finished. 
the day is going to come, as we see in our text, when God is going to say, Behold! And when He says, Behold! He's already wiped the tears. Death is fixing to become a thing of the past. Sorrow is fixing to become a thing of the past. Burdens and heartaches, he says, I make all things new. There must be an adequate power. The church can't do that. A man can't do that. Only a great God can do that. With the consideration of all things new and the consideration of these truths that I brought out today, let me end in a very practical manner. You may ask, okay, Pastor, this is wonderful, but what do I do now? The day's coming when we'll have no more tears. The day's coming when all the redeemed will be together. And you said so in your first statement. The tears are a symbol of our present state. We can get excited about the future, and we can get it, we, we can rejoice and shout over the fact that the day is going to come. My heart won't be broken anymore. The day is going to come when I won't be burdened anymore. The day is going to come when this old body won't have disease anymore. I, I rejoice in that. I'm looking forward to that. But what do I do right now? If tears are in this present state, it's a symbol of this present state, what do I do right now? Well, first of all, if you're lost and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, get saved. Get saved because the same God in His love and compassion that will wipe away the tears of His children is the same God that we see in verse number 8 where He says, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in a lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. Those that do not love the Lord will be cast in that horrible place for all of eternity. So while, while, while this is a wonderful day for the redeemed to look forward to, if you're not saved, you better get that settled today. You better, you better put your faith and trust in Christ today and make that decision for Him today. If you're a child of God today, what do you do? It's going to be deep and profound. If you're, even if you're not in the habit of writing things down, you might want to consider writing this down. We have that day to look forward to, but tears are a symbol of our present state now. What do I do with my burden now? What do I do with my heartache now? What do I do with the pain and discomfort now? Here it is. You just don't quit. You just keep going. You be faithful. You depend on the Lord, the same Lord that will take it all away for all time is the same God that will sustain you, the same God that will never leave thee nor forsake thee, the same words we say, oh, won't that be great? And all, Oh, only God is big enough to say, behold, I make all things new, and just because He said it, it happened. Isn't that a wonderful thought? But hold on, Christian. He said a lot of other things in this book that are just as true as when he's going to say, Behold, I make all things new. He did say he wouldn't leave you. He did say he'd answer your prayers. He did say he'd give you the strength to go on when you didn't think you could go on anymore. He did say there is grace that is available that is beyond what you could even think you could bear or sustain. He did say lean on him, cast your burdens upon him. So what do we do? We just don't quit. 
We just keep going. We just keep pressing on. We keep marching forward, knowing that one day it's all going to be put aside. One day all things are going to be made new. One day everything that is, that is burning me now is going to be gone. If you ever want to hurt your head, think about how long eternity is. Well, Pastor Simple is never ending. Okay, explain that to me. It means it's never going to end. Well, how long is that? Well, it's just going to be like forever. Okay. I know we say it takes our wife forever to get ready, but really, that's not true. Well, maybe it's easier to put in perspective than I thought. No, we use these terms like, oh, it took an eternity, and oh, we can't even fathom. To have no point of reference, no time is not a point of reference. No beginning, no ending. We're just, we're, for all of time, this is the way we are. Think about that for a moment. You see, life is a vapor. It's here, then it's gone. So I, I, Pastor, it's hard enduring these things. It's just a little while. It's just a short time. Be faithful. Press on. I can't help but think that if we have a God, and we do, that one day, as our text tells us, He's going to wipe those tears and say, don't cry no more. In the heart of a loving God, we're creating His image. That's why we see our own flesh and blood hurt and suffer. Nothing gets us like that. God's going to say, don't cry. He's going to wipe those tears away and there will never be another tear shed. That's the future. But you'll have to permit me this morning to make the case to you that I believe that there's a God who will do that with all permanence. There's a God who cares right now. See, I just cried myself to sleep. Nobody was there. Oh, that's not true. There's a God who catches every tear. The day's coming when He'll not catch them, but He'll wipe them. Never to catch another tear.